Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Have you ever wondered why mean girls actually wear pink? Do you have a Zoom date coming up and want to know how to dress double O sexy like the Bond girls on screen? Or are you wanting to nail that stylish superhero off duty look? Have no fear. Cinemas and a win tour is here. The Netflix thriller smash hit Money Heist hit our digital screens in 2017 and since then has amassed a cult following of over 65 million households. The show follows a criminal mastermind who goes by the moniker The Professor. He has a plan to pull off the biggest heist in recorded history to print billions of euros in the Royal Mint of Spain. To help him carry out the ambitious plan, he recruits eight misfits with certain abilities and who have nothing to lose. The group of thieves take hostages to aid in their negotiations with the authorities who strategize to come up with a way to capture the professor. As more time elapses, the robbers prepare for a showdown with the police. The major fashion item I'm completely obsessed with in Money Heist are definitely the red boiler suits worn by the entire heist crew. But before we get into that, let me introduce my guest for this week's episode and the final episode of Real Fashion Season 1, Oni! Hi everyone. <laughs> how are you i'm good how are you i'm good i'm good so we are here obviously talking about money heist i think we're waiting for part five of the series to come out later on yeah. this year maybe like in the next two months or so i think it comes out in july i think something yeah like that. and i soon. yeah but yeah i just want to know how did you actually get into money heist like how did you come across it because from my understanding it was barely advertised by netflix in the first place yeah i don't know how, i don't know if i saw it on twitter first or i just saw it on netflix or just everyone was talking about it and i think i just finished like prison break uh, and it was another one of those shows where it's like you know there's a mastermind who's against like you know the police or the forces in charge mm-hmm. and so I was like okay this if I really liked you know prison break I'll probably really like this and it kind of started off with the same vibe and so yeah that's how I got into it. Personally I think it's kind of really hard to believe that this gripping show like this show that every single time you watch you're just like what did they just do that <laughs> blah blah blah. How did they think of that? <laughs> Honestly like it was deemed a flop in Spain when it originally aired yeah so I don't know if you watched this if you watched the Money Hives documentary that they released on Netflix I think the day after they finished yeah I think the day after they released season or season part four of Money Heist they released a documentary and you have like all the cast and the producers and directors and whatever and they show you how you know they make the show in real time and the, the experience of making the show and how it's just become a cult classic in this digital age of television and whatever. And in the beginning, at least within like the first 10 to 15 minutes, they talk about how when it originally aired in Spain, national network TV, um, probably on their equivalent of like ITV, BBC2, something like that. Yeah, the Spanish households were just not watching it. They, yeah, they didn't take to it or anything like that to the point where they pulled the plug on the whole thing. And look at it now. Listen. So I, I don't know, like, what do you think about that? Because I just don't understand. 
I don't understand why I can't get my head around it. I just don't understand why it flopped over there, but it's overnight it's become incredibly successful. It's just very weird. Unless it's different to what they usually watch in terms of what they are the main series they watch are or, or maybe it just wasn't advertised the way you know it could have like, or the way it was here yeah, and yeah. you know I feel like a lot of people here they watch a lot of international dramas and so a lot of people get into that more than even the British shows yeah yeah I, I see that I see that I think it's also interesting when you think about how the actors in the show because the show is a Spanish production everything like that and and the actors are Spanish so they speak in their native language which is Spanish um, on screen yeah but Netflix or whoever have hired these voice actors to speak in different languages, depending on where you are in the world, to cater to the shows and Netflix's international audience. Yeah, uh, like you don't just have to read subtitles, like, yeah, yeah speaking in English, yeah. I remember the first time I watched it, <laughs> I was very slow. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is really good. Like, why is this not on, like normal television like this is an an American show and then I started watching I think I got to like maybe the third or fourth episode and I was looking at the mouth of Tokyo and I was like this girl is not saying what I think she's saying what's going on here (laughs) it's not right it's not adding up it's not adding up and then I realized oh okay they've got um they're dubbing like the English actors voice over hers but yeah I mean I don't know is that maybe would you say that that's what's made it more of an international hit because people can all over the world can actually understand what's going on yeah definitely I feel like with a lot of shows if if it's not like in English but Mm -hmm. it's like they have a voiceover then I'm way more likely to watch it than if they just left it in the original language and they just put subtitles because Mm -hmm. then you can follow it so much easier and I know a lot of people always watch their shows with subtitles but I'm not one of those people like I just watch it without subtitles because I feel like I'm always reading if I watch it with subtitles. So having it like that was was way better for me. I wonder what the Korean money heist that has been proposed. I think it's got the green light to go into production is going to be like. And if it yeah. will have that much of an international, worldwide interest, phenomena, phenomenon. Yeah, I was very confused. I mean, I want to know what you think, but I was very confused when I saw it advertised on Instagram because one of the main reasons why I like Money Heist is this idea that you have all these eight misfits and instead of going by their real names, they go by um, the names of like popular cities, capital cities around the world. And coincidentally, or probably not, it's probably been like well thought out by the script team and creative team. The names of the cities that apply to each of these characters actually goes hand in hand with their personalities and how they're presented on screen. Um, yeah. So, and we know the story because the story has been going on for the past like almost four years. It's international, as we've been saying. The majority of the world who, you know, have watched the show, so they know what's gone on in season, in part one, part two, part three, yeah. part four, and can probably predict what's going to happen in part five. It just looks like the Korean version is going to have the exact same storyline, the exact same feel of the names of the Yeah, that's so yeah. weird to me. Because if it's already international, it's like, why do you need to make another one like in Korean, basically? Because mm-hmm. then I'm sure they, unless they don't have it there, or with the voiceovers, or even at that, like, couldn't they get the show and watch it there with the Korean voiceovers rather than making their own? Or they've just maybe seen how much of a hit it is and they want to put their own kind of style to it. Mm-hmm. 
but I feel like it can't do better or as good as the original show. I mean, only time will tell. Hopefully, it's accessible to us in the UK because I know. Yeah, that, I was gonna say, yeah. do you think they would show it here? Because I feel like it takes like quite a while for shows to get here to the UK. Like they always have shows in America, but like when it comes to the UK, it's always like a year later, if at all. So yeah, that's one of the reasons why I was so happy about Money Heist being on Netflix, and that Money Heist um, is a Spanish production. Because, well, yeah. I was going to say the EU, but we're not in the EU anymore. <laughs> but because it's Europe, <laughs> but because it's Europe, we usually when things are like European, um, when they're Europe, yeah, when they're European, but they're international, um, we tend to get them like first. So I was like, oh, okay, great. So I'm not behind. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. So who knows? I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll come back and talk about fashion and money heist career. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> So here's the part you've all been waiting for, where we talk about fashion, our personal style, and just our favourite looks and conversations around fashion in Money Heist. So when I think of Money Heist and I try to connect it to fashion, I immediately think of protest fashion. Very strange, but yeah, hear me out. Throughout history, protesters have used clothing as visual symbols, allegories, metaphors, if you will, to represent the socio-political consciousness, if that even makes sense, of what they're tackling, of what their objectives are, of the change that they hope to see. From girl power symbols, climate change activists, with trees and the globe and other symbols of the world. um to show what their cause is all about and to make sure that people can you know recognize them visually and aesthetically yeah and follow their movement in some cases these protest fashions or protest styles come across as casual nothing too thought out just they turn up is what it is it kind of suits their vibe their personality you know because it gets to a point where what you're protesting for I guess becomes a part of you in every kind of way but in other circumstances it can appear as some kind of uniform as a way to be as a way to represent yourself as utilitarian present yourself as a part of a collective as a part of a group although the gang of money heist are criminals blatantly of the highest order there is something dangerously enticing powerful and oddly fashionable about them So in terms of boiler suits, historically, boiler suits have become more than just traditional fashion staples of feminist wardrobes and women workwear. So by that, I'm talking in World War II when you had like those famous posters of that cartoon woman raising her arm and like we're all in this together, trying to get women to go into the factories and stuff. Boiler suits surpassed that and they've sort of become a classic feature of protests especially in relation to money heist which is so weird and so strange so again going back to the money heist documentary yeah so again going back to the money heist documentary when the cast and crew were talking about the overall experience of making money heist and the aftermath of the first the first season and the second season they were overwhelmed and in shock at how the boiler suits have become 
a symbol of protest all around the world. I'm pretty sure there was like Iran or Sweden, Barcelona. I think India was there. Um, all up and down the place. I'm sure. That, wow. I don't know if they mentioned London, but I'm sure there's been some people dressed up like them in London. I've seen some of the masks around yeah. London, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? So, and it was so funny because they just were like, they were just appreciative of people seeing their creative, like, genius in the show and using it to actually uh represent something more important than stealing well more important and less self-serving than stealing money which is great <laughs> but uh I think they were also in shock that a show like this which is so morally like corrupt could actually stand for greater and bigger things you know what I mean um yeah yeah um in terms of boiler suits I and mean, when we look at it from a fashion lens or at least historically there's sort of been a resurgence in boiler suits or at least what boiler suits kind of represent in relation to women and women's rights and feminism sort of what I was saying before so yeah according to Amber Butchart who is a fashion historian and associate lecturer in cultural and historical studies at London College of Fashion the resurgence of feminism in popular culture feeds into the popularity of workwear at the moment dungarees and by extension boiler suits have a utilitarian appeal that links back to second wave theorists such as andrea dworkin combined with a rosie the riveter aesthetic that works well both practically and conceptually for protesting such as the women's march last year when she talked about the women's march last year she was talking about 2017 so in 2017 there were a bunch of women who i think that was just after money heist was released or maybe it was before I can't remember if Money Heist was released in early 2017 or late, but when the women's uh, march happened um, in 2017, there were loads of uh, loads of women who attended dressed in boiler suits. Do you agree? Do you think that there's been a resurgence of feminism in in popular culture that feeds into workwear and I guess in part protest wear? Um, definitely a rise in feminism, I'd say, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure. I guess. I guess in terms of the protests, I feel like, I don't know if it's a symbol of like, okay, like we can do what men can do mm-hmm. in terms of the suits or what they wear or just trying to stand out from everyone else in the crowd. Yeah. If you're protesting in public, then you'd want people to notice and you'd want people to look and be like, okay, why are they wearing that? And what do they stand for? And yeah. what are they here to represent? Yeah. And so it's kind of, maybe a mix of like we want people to see that we are a movement and we want people to differentiate us from everybody else and also like the whole feminism side of things and Mm -hmm. being able to do what men can do as well yeah I agree with you yeah I can see that I think especially if you attend a protest or even let's remove it from like protest because I feel like protest fashion uh, yeah because I feel like when we when we're talking about protest fashion there should be like a distinction between protest fashion in a literal sense where you turn up to a protest in a fashionable outfit that links to the protest and just protest fashion where you're minding your business going to the shops and you happen to be wearing an outfit that might have a, a, a slogan that is synonymous with protesting or a type of protest or yeah. just your entire look and identity just seems like a protest if that makes sense I think it's um I think it's quite interesting because some people say 
yes there's been a resurgence of feminism in popular culture yes boiler suits are everywhere if you go on asos top shop probably all these high fashion brands that i've not even gone on the websites because i know i can't afford them do you know what i mean um <laughs> they're probably there um yeah they're probably there uh but there's so like, hold on let's see yeah asos has got some i'm looking at them now but they tend to have like traditional yeah, it's literally a trend now like it's, yeah. it's just yeah a regular fit now it's a regular thing and they, they usually tend to be in like denim or if not in denim denim I guess because boiler suits connote with workwear and denim is a traditional workwear material yeah I always relate it to kind of like jumpsuits yeah and stuff like that yeah yeah or they're just made out some like I don't know I don't know what the material is but it kind of looks like cloth basically but um I was gonna say like I think even though there's been a resurgence in in, in boiler suits uh from a feminist uh, women can do anything and everything yeah like- I think they're trying to kind of make it to fit more with the current fashion trends in terms of like skinny jeans and like just more form-fitting clothing they're trying to make it fit more with that so then people wear it more as like a casual outfit and not like a standout outfit if that makes sense yeah. <laughs> if Tokyo in part five turns up with a like fitted skinny bottom boiler suit, what are you saying? <laughs> um, yeah, okay, that would be interesting to see her in that. <laughs> but yeah, I would say if considering the situation, it would still be a form of protest. Yeah, but it probably wouldn't rhyme with the theme of it of how the show has been going and the yeah. whole group as a whole. It wouldn't rhyme with what they're doing and the whole robbing situation. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I my first thought would be why is she dressed so impractically? Like it wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, one she's thing... already for what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I'd be like, did she get the memo or like? No, my my thing is what I loved about the show though, especially to do with like Nairobi and Tokyo, is they dressed the same way that the men dressed in terms of like the red boiler suits and the shoes everything head to toe they were all the same um what I also liked in regards to that is the fact that you know most of the time with these dramas and stuff especially like with cartoons but I've noticed it happen in like live action things is they always tend to have the women characters wearing high heels or a wedge heel you know like superhero films and stuff like what's the wedge heel doing for me what is that doing (laughs) it's like pe are you gonna do pe in heels are you gonna be running around in heels like uh, no woman would in real life in such a situation would be wearing heels or wedges exactly exactly so <laughs> here's the last bit of the podcast where i get to ask you oni about your personal style I want to know if well from our conversation that we've had would you be interested in wearing boiler suits do you own boiler suits how do you personally style them well no everything basically (laughs) I personally don't own a boiler suit and I haven't thought of anyone either (laughs) but I mean this conversation has made me think maybe maybe it's a thing you know maybe Mm. it wouldn't look too bad you know maybe people would compliment me if I wore one out I'm not sure mm. but um 
I don't know. If I was to get a boiler sheet, how would I style it? Um, maybe about, maybe like canvas shoes mm-hmm. or like high tops. Uh, and I'm not sure. It would definitely be a casual occasion. Yeah. I won't think I would dress up in terms of like go out, go out. Yeah. But like a casual thing, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I think I I definitely own I definitely own one. Yeah, I probably own more than one, but I definitely own one. It's a denim one. It's short sleeved. It's nice. It's got like a little belt and everything. Um but I don't wear it as a I don't know, because it's very strange because I or in what we've been talking about is boiler suits as a form of protest but whenever I wear that particular outfit I'm not wearing it to protest I'm just wearing it to go about my business do you know what I mean so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know um and if I do wear it I tend to wear it with like uh low top flat yeah low top platforms 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 yeah yeah platforms I think yeah, yeah. definitely get over it yeah um yeah it's just a very basic outfit there's not really I mean it's not my go-to it's not something that I am against anyone owning I know that there are some (laughs) people so there are some people who are just completely like yeah no not about that life put it this way I'm not against it as I said before I think I look great in one I think you look great in one I think everybody look great in it but there are some people who purely will just buy a boiler suit just so they can paint their house and there's nothing wrong with that yeah I guess it depends <laughs> on the material like you said yours is like a jean material so that I wouldn't really associate with labor or I wouldn't think automatically of like the typical you know boiler suit or like janitor type style yeah you know, I'd be like okay like that's I'd be more of a jumpsuit yeah I think okay yeah that's like a typical outfit that's more in style if it's like the original material that you see in like in the films or what people are wearing to go to work then my first thought would be like okay that's a work outfit maybe they're doing something yeah yeah no I agree I wonder if people are going to still be wearing jumpsuits in 2040 is that still still going to be a thing I mean like be one of those like standout people you know like people now that wear like vintage clothes or like clothes that used to be popping back in the day and they're like they're standout they're like okay yeah you're like okay they have that style or they're that type of person yeah it'll be in the future those will be the type of people (laughs) vintage (laughs) (laughs) I'm so retro (laughs) okay calm down (laughs) oh gosh um (laughs) anyways this is the end of the show and this is the last episode for real fashion season one thank you so much (laughs) for joining the show Um, and then my part is thank you for having me on the show what you about to say? <laughs> um, no, honestly, like it's been it's been great. Um, if you guys have stuck with us from episode one up until now to episode ten, then thank you, thank you, thank you very much. But also, if you are one of those people who actually have, then you should have sort of spotted this Easter egg because Oni is actually a twin, and the first guest we had on Real Fashion was her twin sister, uh, where we spoke about Bend It Like Beckham. Um, and yeah football fashion and football culture so if you're into that and you want to kind of hear what identical twins sound like in audio then yeah go check out the first episode go check if our voices sound the same <laughs> yeah where can the good people find you instagram i guess <laughs> <laughs> you can give you can you can shout out both we can shout out both <laughs> okay so oni underscore ori so n-y-i underscore o-r-i-e for mm. instagram Twitter, I don't remember. So, 
whatever for that one but yeah that's my instagram okay links will be in the description guys so yeah make sure to hit her up and follow her and get talking on money heist because oni is definitely a major fan it's been great uh doing this for season one hopefully season two will be bigger and better and greater and yeah so if you have any questions or any thoughts on what the next season should entail any shows any movies but in the meantime hit us up on instagram and twitter at real fashion pod using the hashtags hashtag real fashion or send us an email over at real fashion pod at gmail.com and lastly have a great week and see you until next time bye